Everybody and welcome back to episode six of Hero Recall. Uh, I am Tom. I'll be your host for the day. Alongside me, co-hosting is my friend James from. Uh, is it Ontario? I'm, on... I'm from. Uh, that's the province. Okay, what's the, the Ottawa? The city is Ottawa. Ottawa, I'm Ontario. In the Lots of O's. Otherwise known yeah. as T Grotto Power. And uh, how are you feeling today, sir? Are you doing okay? I'm good. Over the weekend, my body, like, I was getting a cold, and my immune system was just like, no, just kidding. Yeah. I, <laughs> my immune system just destroyed the cold. I thought it was going to be a bad one, too. And then I wake up Sunday morning, I'm like, what? <laughs> I went to bed feeling like shit, and then I woke up like... It's been weird in a lot of places, like, lately. Like, we've had, like, these crazy thunderstorms, tornadoes have rolled through. Like, I got kicked out of work the other day because there was a tornado siren going off. And and then uh, it went from just, like, this miserable amount of, like, rain and storms and stuff to just pure heat over the last two days. We've, so We've just been having rain and below seasonal temperatures. Hmm. We, we beat our flood records recently. Also, today, worth mentioning... Uh, I had a fire alarm at work today. <laughs> oh, let that go. That only uh, bought me 30 minutes of not doing anything. I, hey, I worked most of the day. 30 minutes of not doing anything is, is better than... I don't even know if it was 30. It was probably closer to 20. But... <laughs> okay. Like, just imagine all these people out of this... I think our tower is 18 or 17 stories tall, and the other one's taller than that, and all these people had to get out. Wow. <laughs> and there's not a lot of space there. We were all just in the park across the way, and when we got back, like there were cars just waiting like 10 minutes for my concern with uh my my concern always with like fire tests and those huge buildings is the fact that people have to walk like a million oh there was a real fire <laughs> there uh it, well we were only out there for 20 minutes but someone must have pulled a fire alarm or someone oh, left gosh. the toaster on a bit too long but sure. i digress <laughs> i just like all those flights of stairs that's like my nightmare just like having to go down like you know a million because they don't let you take the elevators today because like the elevators some people took the elevators blocked. anyway yeah <laughs> i don't blame i them. don't i hate elevators <laughs> i don't blame them Alrighty, so anyway, uh, <laughs> shit weather and fire alarms aside, uh, this is episode 6 of Hero Recall, your Overwatch podcast, and this week we are talking about the hero that has been most associated, I would say, with Mr. Tigrado Power, uh, as far as if you've been watching Level 2 for a while, and that is Brigida. Uh, Brigida is the Swedish... Yeah. Daughter? Did I choose her? You did. I think I did. You did. I just typed that. I don't even remember that, but yeah. I did. The daughter of uh, Torbjorn and the, um, squ I guess, squire to Reinhardt. The, and uh, also my adopted daughter. And also James's adopted daughter. Uh, so that's your that's your hero to look forward to the big chat on her later. Uh, and if you just like if you've never really watched us before or listened to us before, then the rest of the show goes a little like this. So basically, we're going to start off talking about all of the relevant new stuff going on in the game itself, uh, of which there is quite a bit actually at the moment. New events we have, new maps, all kinds of stuff. And then uh, we're going to go into the professional world of Overwatch, where we're going to be talking a little bit about Owl and contenders and some of the weird crap 
crap that's been going on there for the last couple of weeks. And then uh, we do a little bit of a personal focus where we talk about some of our personal play in terms of like we come up with a, a question, which ability is your favorite, which character is your favorite, whatever. And then uh, ending with, of course, this week, Brigida. So that's the show. Uh, and uh, I'm going to jump right in because there's been a lot, honestly. Uh, for a start, I have three different pages just for patch notes that have come out since the last time we recorded uh, for the, was it was it Hanzo last time? I think it was Hanzo, yeah, wasn't it? I believe with, so. With his delicate ankles. Uh, so uh, the first thing, the first big change that happened uh, between those two times was that they did release uh, Havana as a, as a proper map and the uh, the workshop hit uh, the live live place and then on top of that we do have uh the seasonal event which which kicked in as well and the seasonal event uh is anniversary which is one of my favorites uh one of my favorites how are you how are you enjoying anniversary the first so far? day had lucio ball i didn't get to play i'm so I got mad all my loot boxes on pc just from playing lucio ball i've been waiting for it to come back around for the week although it's gonna reset tonight the loot boxes for the weeks but it will come back around i hope so I've been waiting to play that. Yeah, I played that. I don't think I played any of the other things because I don't really care about the other. Mm. <laughs> I don't really care about the other game modes. So just give me Lucio Ball, man. I think for I think if especially if you're kind of like a completionist, this is the best event, right? Because you have like yes. the option of just getting every single thing that you never got um, I, that you've been waiting to show up. Boxes for the first time in a long time oh, yeah? on PC on yeah. pc to catch up on some skins yeah good one for pc because i have yeah. all the boston skins but sometimes i want to use something else i got the diva skin i got the new diva skin out of my first fucking loot box the one that they give you like the gold the one that guarantees a gold i got the new diva skin out of that shit i was like holy fuck jeff what do you holy uh, fuck what do you make of that skin do you like it um it's my favorite diva skin that's ever existed. I'm like, this is the best thing. Like, her mech looks like a frigging posh Gundam. And her outfit is just amazing. There's, like, a little charm on the gun and everything. And I just... <sighs> I think uh, I think it is only beaten by Honeydew May, which is the single greatest fucking skin that's come out in a very, very long time. I, uh, I like that one, but there's, like, some, th some things people have said about it. I'm like, yeah, I can see why... May rocking the Daisy Dukes. It's one of my favorite skins ever. And she shoots Boba Tea. Come on, man. It's cute as fuck. Anyway, uh, so, so yeah, so Anniversary is live and well. Um, now, there was a couple of hero updates that they did kind of silently during some of this, uh, some of these recent patches that I wanted to go over with you guys. <laughs> so the first is that, uh, and I actually noticed this one the other day, Batiste. Uh, Batiste's immortality field, if it lands on a moving platform, now will move along with the platform, which I thought was really neat. Oh, shit. Um, That's good yeah payloads beware uh that's that's something i noticed the other day i was like huh i remember that reading that and then i was like i wonder if it works threw it on the payload sure as shit everyone's Im immortal for a while as we're chugging along and then on top of that uh they also decided that since batiste is allowed to do it then why don't we let the hamster have a go too so if a mine lands on a moving platform from minefield uh that will also move along with the platform so mines all over the payload for everybody uh which i thought was cool uh and then uh, a general update for play of the game, improve the kill cameras during the play of the game replay to better match what happened in game. I'm not sure how you can not match what happened in game with the play of the game. I thought it was literally just a copy, so I don't know uh, what that means, but, you know, I'll take it. Maybe uh, they're just 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. Accounting for the lag correction more or something. I don't know what knows. that means. <laughs> Alrighty. And then uh, let's see here. What else we got? We had some other stuff. Maybe they're on. not cutting off some stuff that happens. Maybe they've made it so it doesn't cut off things. Anyway, that that was a late thought. We also have the old star skins. Um, really like those. Actually, the Lucio and the. I, uh, I wasn't really crazy for them, honestly. You didn't. You didn't like those. I didn't like Mercy's hair. It just. I didn't like her armor or her hair for that one. What I like the color of her hair. I don't what? like. I don't like long hair. That's just. <laughs> Fair enough. What did you make of uh, Lucio's? Because Lucio's hair Lucio, changes color. I actually liked Lucio's better. Right. I didn't get it, though. If there was one that I had to pick between the two, I would have gotten the Lucio one. And I know that everyone's going to hate me for not liking a Mercy skin for once in my life. <laughs> but I really... I, it's okay, but it's not It's not as good as like Pink Mercy or Combat Medic Mercy in my books. Pink Mercy That's my is, opinion. is legit. Uh, okay, so then the other uh, couple couple tweaks they did, these are the most recent ones, the last, last, last patch <laughs> they, they put out, uh, which was on the 23rd, which was only a couple days ago, uh, from recording, that is. Uh, so, new feature, which we'll get into a little bit more in a minute, but replays was added to the PTR. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through that, but let's talk about hero updates. So, for Baptiste, uh, his biotic launcher increased heal ammo from 10 to 12, and the amplification matrix ultimate duration increased from eight seconds to 10 seconds. The reasoning behind, uh, given the dual nature of Baptiste's weapon, he ends up having to reload often. We're increasing the amount of ammo he has to work with so he can get more firing time while healing. Similarly, increasing the duration of amplification matrix will allow allies more time to get into position to make use of it. Thoughts? I think that's fine. It's a it's a quality of life change and I like yeah. it. It's they did the same thing for Anna is that they increased her clip size so mm. that she could have more decision on what to do. That was more her thing her rounds do both damage and healing depending on who they hit but it's the same idea it gives you more like space to figure out what you want to do with your ammo i don't think and i'll say this with a slight bit of hesitance because i i don't know everybody that plays overwatch but i think batiste has been probably the least complained about new hero added to the pool I'd so say far. so at first people were yeah. like oh my god the frisbee is overpowered but now everyone just shoots it yeah so they're like yeah like there's there's a counter to that. You shoot it with the gun. <laughs> you know that's that's how you that's how you defeat that monster. Okay, uh, big huge nerf coming in, which apparently um, Jeff got to tell Poco directly to his face, and that is that Diva uh, got Diva nerfed. Defense matrix range. Yeah, defense matrix from 15 meters down to 10. Reasoning from the developers is defense matrix is a very powerful defensive ability that can often feel oppressive from far away. Reducing the range on it will require Diva to position herself more carefully to take advantage of its effects. What? That's one of those abilities. It's like Res. They they regret that they've made it, and they're trying to get rid of it by making it worse. But so? it's not. It's not. It's not going to get worse. It's not going to get. It's still. People are still going to use it properly. Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, I, I like. I feel like it is kind of a major thing. I almost feel like they should increase the duration back a little bit again. Yeah, I never thought the diva was in a bad place by any means, but I. It doesn't seem too. They oppressive. seem to think she's a problem for some reason. It's just yeah. that there's. This is the way that one of my friends put it: is that there's no other tank that really covers a lot of what she does. Yeah. 
So they need to come up with a new mecha hero, Jeff. I've been telling you. <laughs> Give me another mecha. Someone And you uh, don't have to nerf D.Va anymore. <laughs> I watched a video the other day. Someone had gone like free roam or whatever in Busan and actually like gone behind each of the mechas to show you like what the build looks like from behind. They've even put the detail on the back of them and everything. So there's a lot of like people saying that we should probably expect something. Some of them are so different to D.Va as well I'm, or to I'm, the bunny. I'm seriously thinking there's a chance that next year might be a mecha because they're like throwing all these things like here's some new heroes coming up but Busan came out a little while ago and usually after a map just like with Hammond came out sometime after Horizon they're releasing some of the maps because a hero is going to come out related to that map later all right Dorado Sombra I wonder I guess Sojourn will probably be for Havana Oasis and Moira good call Good call. All righty. McCree. Just saying. Just McC saying, everybody. <laughs> McCree. Peacekeeper. Uh, primary fire. Recovery reduced from 0.5 seconds to 0.4 seconds. On average, McCree's damage output wasn't quite making up for the relatively low mobility or utility in his kit. Reducing his weapon's recovery time improves the potential damage output without affecting the number of successful shots to kill an enemy. Uh, a lot of folks saying this is really feels really good on the PTR right now. Um, uh, go ahead. I've heard someone describe it literally as it's busted. I think that's just because people aren't used to it. I actually don't think it's going to make that big of a difference because people are still going to use right click because they can't aim. Right. <laughs> Hot take. You're not Hot wrong. take there. Hot take there. It's, that's that's how it's going to be because the I've recoil on that gun is still like. Since playing uh, Hero Gauntlet, I have become the master of Flashbang Fan the Hammer to get the soldier immediately. Oh, the other day I played some workshop stuff on console, and we were playing something with McCree, and I literally just walked around and just Flashbang Fan the Hammer because I was so done. Yeah. I was so done. <laughs> I'm like, so, oh, this is how you get a lot of kills as McCree. <laughs> so I really don't think, at, at least at the at the high tiers, it might make a bigger difference. But if you're in like plat or diamond, yeah, someone said that it feels gold, like you're doing like twenty five percent more damage. I don't see how you can get that from a point one second difference. But I mean, I'm not a his clip. His so. entire clip goes through a second faster. I think about. Mm. I think that's why I saw Swimmer's clip and I kind of counted it out of my head. I think it's about a second faster you get through the entire clip. I think it's going to make him reload more. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, like, a lot of people aren't going to be able to make use, I don't think. Good McCrees are going to feel this, for sure. <laughs> don't get me wrong. A good McCree is going to fucking wreck you. But that's true for any hero. Yeah, really. good McCrees can wreck you now, though. So it's I guess it doesn't matter too much. Um, Arissa, protective barrier. Barrier can be deployed without interrupting reload. Arissa has one of the longest weapon reloads, and interrupting it to deploy a new barrier felt too disruptive to her gameplay. This change allows her to reload as needed while still being able to protect herself and her team. I really like this because yeah. there's so many times where I'm playing Arisa where I'm out of clip and I have to do like 10 other things and then 10 seconds later my clip is still empty and I still like have to reload it. Right. So just taking I that like thing away because I, it will still get interrupted I think by throwing out your charge. I don't know if that interrupts it. Halt but it doesn't interrupt primary fire so I doubt it interrupts the reload. I can't remember exactly but it, I know the it doesn't The shield definitely that. was annoying though. <laughs> yeah, It for was sure. very annoying and I'd have to be like putting down another shield and I'm, my clip's still empty. Yeah, I just... like, they've made a, a lot of really good little tweaks to Arisa lately. I'm starting to think they're maybe a little sad of where she is in the meta and they're definitely trying to do something about it. So I, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm I think they're it. trying to make Bunker more viable. Mm. 
more mm-hmm. situations, which I kind of dislike because Bunker, hot take, I think Bunker is a bit more boring than Goats. Really? People say Goats is boring because they're not moving. They're just shooting at each other from afar. Yeah, but you That's... have to play DPS to counter Bunker, so at least you get to see a little bit of DPS. Yeah, but they're not moving, so... That's fair. That's fair. It's just... Uh... Goats as DPS people are being mad. I don't think that any meta should be used every map the way goats is but i think that people are making a larger deal out of goats because most people don't play it in their matches anyway it's just mostly an owl thing right and people are making a bigger deal of it on the youtube but that's my hot take people get mad at me when i say that people get mad at anything uh, so symmetra teleporter interact range increased from one meter to 1.5 meters uh primarily a quality of life improvement as it was possible to create a teleporter that symmetra was unable to interact with unless she moved towards it so basically just making it a little bit easier to jump through a teleporter and finally on the character side of things torbjorn's rivet gun secondary fire damage per pellet reduced from 12.5 to 10.5 <laughs> yes. Uh, 105 damage total per shot. The combined damage output of Torbjorn's secondary fire with his overload ability was too high given his recently increased survivability. So there goes my pop my uh, <laughs> pop my overload and uh, and shotgun the shit they out of Diva. They figured it out. Yeah, they, they figured it out. They figured, they figured it out. That shotgun's too powerful. Makes me sad. Uh, alrighty, game mode updates. Assault, otherwise known as 2CP. Time awarded for capturing point A on all assault maps has been reduced from four minutes to three minutes. Uh, which is a pretty huge change. It's a pretty, pretty huge change. Uh, and upon losing point A, any defenders that are dead or that die shortly thereafter will have a maximum respawn of three point five seconds now here's the reasoning assault match lengths are averaging higher than we're happy with particularly in competitive where there are multiple rounds we're also concerned with how often offense fully captures point a and b reducing the round time from eight to seven minutes should address both of these concerns as less overall time rewards better defense additionally sometimes defenders fight late with good intentions at point a and end up staggered from them team when a falls leaving their team with uneven footing to defend a rush to b in these situations, temporarily lowering the respawn time to get those defenders back with their team should be a better match experience and doesn't punish players so harshly for wanting to defend point A. Thoughts? At first, when I heard those changes, I didn't understand them. I, this isn't the first time I'm hearing them, by the way. I'm not saying I don't understand them now. Now that I've heard it, it sounds a lot better because it's such a steamrolly mode. And like every time I go into Assault, and like i get steamrolled i'm just like we're just gonna steamroll them back that's what's gonna happen and there's so many times where it's like at the last possible moment they have all six alts at point b even at point a they won't address the point a part but at point b like they're just saving up all their alts for the last moment they won't be able to do that as easily anymore so that's nice i think it's a good change good change (laughs) i don't know if it will address everything because i think some of the assault map problems are rooted in how the maps are designed themselves but it will address quite a few things it should help a little bit i mean considering that for like almost i would say 90 percent of the overwatch population 2cp is their least favorite mode so oh, everyone's been complaining about it yeah, i've been complaining about it it's one of the things that everyone seems to agree on <laughs> almost everyone there's like a small majority but i feel like it's one thing that most overwatch people can agree on Alrighty, couple bug fixes as well. Communication wheel acknowledge pings triggered through the communication wheel can now target objectives. 
Um, fixed a bug where Ooh. explosions could play. That was a bug. <laughs> Apparently, fixed a bug where explosions could play in the wrong position if a mispredicted impact happened on the client. Interesting. Um, custom game fixed a bug where AI Soldier Seventy Six wouldn't fire his helit rocket at the same time at the same target twice. It's like, you've had enough. It's like, he's just crossed that one off the list. Okay, I fired a rocket at that one. Never again. Uh, custom game fix an issue where nearest walkable position would use a location in the spawn room instead of the specified location when the spawn room doors were closed. Uh, a tutorial weapon UI now hidden until your weapon is available. And heroes, Anna, anti-heal will be cleared when Sombra uses her translocator to teleport. Uh, Sombra, translocator will now escape slippery surfaces more easily and not be able to be stuck to them. Um, fix an issue where a material effect on Sombra's hair would cause it to cast a shadow whilst invisible. And uh, Torbjorn <laughs> fixed a bug where Torbjorn's turret was sometimes able to shoot I through walls. I see the hair, man. She's around. <laughs> some disembodied hair in this place. Well, just the shadow. You just see, like... The... Can you just imagine? Like, it's the shadow of a wig, and, like, that's all you see. It's like... Uh, something's wrong here, guys. I think it'd be funnier if it was just the wig running around. Like you just—that would be hilarious. Hair going that would actually be. <laughs> uh, right. I bet. I wonder if you can make that in workshop. <laughs> Probably not. That so, just might be something you make. Let's go back to one of the points from one of the original uh, patch notes that I kind of glossed over, and that was replays. How much do you know about this? Replays, the mode, the thing they're adding? I know that you can watch games and have different perspectives, like not just your own perspective. Glad you mentioned that. Yeah, so it says, um, this is the official uh, Overwatch terminology, experience your past Overwatch games from a whole new perspective with the replay feature, now available on the Overwatch PTR. Replays allow you to watch your previous matches from any vantage point. Whether you want a first person, third person, or bird's eye view, you can see it all with this tool. Hone your strategies by slowing down or speeding up the game to see exactly how a critical moment played out, or get a better view of the action from on high with or without the UI. The replay feature is currently available on the PTR for PC only, but will be coming to consoles soon. Uh, you can view available replays from your player profile under the replays tab. Uh, there you'll be able to load up your 10 most recent matches in all game modes except for tutorial and, and practice range. <clears throat> replays will be available for the duration of a patch. Uh, as with highlights, your replays will be reset when a new patch launches. Uh, and there's like a list of like keyboard shortcuts and uh, some interesting stuff here. A um, few tips to help you. If you want to learn how a specific player uses a hero, make sure to spectate both them and the enemy they're attacking. This will help you understand the difference in their play styles. We're using the map overlay uh, to watch a match. You uh, will help you understand how team fights unfold. The icons for each hero provide status indicators so you can see exactly what's happening to that player. Uh, and for the best view when using the map overlay, position your camera high in the sky and look straight down at the ground. This allows you to see an overhead map when using the tool. So, I mean, this is cool, right? I mean, this is, for me, I'll tell you who benefits the most from this is coaches, right? I mean, this is like, let's see. Game teams. Well, right. coaches showing their teams. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
together. Um, but like being able to kind of observe those last uh, matches and then also like view them from multiple angles, slow stuff down to see what went wrong, what missed and stuff. I think it's great. Uh, I'm really actually excited to see this because I, I'm one of those people that does watch my own VODs to try and help myself improve and I do kind of go over my plays and stuff. So being able to just have like way more control doing that sounds awesome to me. So I'm, I'm really, really, really happy about this one. Uh, do you think you'll use it much? I don't have the attention span to, but I do think it's a good idea. I usually do self-analysis as I'm playing, though. Like, I'm constantly, I'm overthinking everything, I guess, but my brain, like, the sub-processor, the secondary processor is like, okay, what did I do wrong here? What is, what is causing us problems? And I'm getting better at that, just without, I might use it at some point, but I don't know. Like, at my level, I feel like, on PC at least, it doesn't matter as much because I'm stuck in low platinum. I think it would be good uh, for, like, like for example, when we were trying to learn how to play goats together and stuff like that, like, being able to, like, actually watch your entire team, I think, and see, like, where things are going wrong. I think for, see, for that's solo the kind of thing, play, if you're in a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For solo play good but not necessary team play i think it's gonna be awesome um the way that pans out so i'm really happy with that Alrighty, and that's all the patch notes uh which i i told you guys it was gonna be a lot but yeah so a lot went on as far as the game itself in the last uh last couple weeks but uh the last thing i wanted to talk about sort of on the the game side of things and this is more so fandom um than the game but uh, there's this article that we decided to sort of put in here, touch on it lightly. I would say, honestly, for the best kind of experience, just click the link in the description and read it. But um, it's an article from uh, Brittany Gonzalez, otherwise known in the Overwatch community as Briggsy. Uh, and it's, the, it's an opinion piece for Polygon. It says, I felt left out of Overwatch, but this year's archives event gave me hope. Uh, and essentially, like what, what the article boils down to here is that Briggsy is a huge cosplayer in the Overwatch community. She loves cosplaying Brigida as, uh, specifically, but there are other, other characters as well. And this kind of piece, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why we're doing Brigida. Uh, but this piece is kind of talking about how it's rare uh, in video games in general, but, you know, even for a game like Overwatch, which has this kind of, like, massive pool of diversity, uh, for a black female character to be a big part of the game. So, um, you know, like, don't get me wrong, Briggsy makes a badass Brigida. She looks really, really cool when she's done up with all of her braids and everything. But um, she's talked basically in this article about Sojourn, uh, who is the newly sort of uh, introduced character from the Archives event, from, from that uh, event this year uh and it's just kind of like how how much it means to her that um this character uh captain sojourn is going to be joining uh overwatch and will be something that she can cosplay and feel like 100 percent like representative of um of that character uh and just kind of something to something to be happy about so you know her a little better than i do i mean at least you kind of are in the same i know same her circles. a little better i've so played, I I actually played some pugs and I was I pit I was picked for her team and I played Sombra, but that's besides the point. Um I think it's a really good article. She brings up a lot of good stuff and hmm. 
there's been other articles which I haven't brought into this one, but there's been other articles of her that I've read, and I really agree with a lot of the things she's doing. And it being represented is such a big deal for like it's just crazy, especially like with me and Muma. Like that was a big deal for me last year. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. Do you want to talk about uh, that a little bit? Not really more than that, but <laughs> okay. it's the same. Muma being in Overwatch League was a big deal for me. And I, I just like I just can't describe the words. Like it's it's speech it leaves you speechless. What do you feel represented in Overwatch League or Overwatch itself? And I totally get what she's coming from. And I, I think the same thing I really wanted. I actually wanted this is a funny story. I wanted a character that was basically like Ash as far as having the, the aim down sights marksman rifle type gun. I wanted that character to be a black woman. Because I'm like, we don't have a black woman in the game yet. And I really want this I really want a black woman that's just super badass. Super badass and doing all these good stuff like good things it's uh i think some of the points she makes are really valid in here as well though there's like there's some points where she talks about how people don't truly understand necessarily what black woman means like because some people will say well symmetra's black well she's dark-skinned but she's indian right she's from hindi um descent and then there's farah who again is like of arab descent anna who's egyptian and, descent and first nations canadian right uh sombra Mexican Spanish descent. So they they, they do mention that uh, of Ify, um Ify uh, Oladeli, uh, who's you know the creator for Arissa, and Arissa's kind of I mean, I guess she's, she's kind of built off the mold of a, an African woman. She's coded like her coding. Yeah, is but again, like her voice. She's is a robot, a and Ify's not actually playable. So that's like you know, and so she's a robot, and she's also this neophyte that needs to be told what to do. Right. And like she brings it up in the article, like if that's supposed to be me, that doesn't really send a good message. Like she's okay with the archetype, but she's just not okay with it being representative of black women yeah. as it were. Yeah. She loves the character. That's not to say she doesn't yeah, love yeah, the character. Yeah, it's, just, it's not representative. She's more of this child character. So yeah. So since Briggsy is uh she's, she's a, a boon to the overwatch scene. She's a fantastic cosplayer and she's uh, a big part of the fandom. Um, so we thought that uh, we would, we would let you guys know about this article. You should go and check it out again. It's on Polygon. It's called and check out her other stuff yes. and you, check out her streams. Her streams are her, fucking her amazing. Yeah, you can click <laughs> her name in the article and see more stuff but it says i felt left out of overwatch but this year's archives event gave me hope is the name of the article uh or just click the damn description um because it's going to be in there all right and thank you briggsy for writing that article well needed and well said representation all day every day okay so Speaking of representation, moving on to the professional level of, um, of Overwatch, um, right on that same uh, cusp, actually, is a, a fantastic article that came out from Time Magazine, of all things. Uh, and Time Magazine basically did this kind of, like, top 10 uh, future of women sort of uh, thing about like all these powerful women that have been leading the way in some place or another over the last year or so. And guess who made the cut, guys? Little Frog Baby. Gaguri. Gaguri's in there. So, yeah, Gaguri has this entire article in time right now. I mean, it's not too long. It's a short read, but she's alongside like 10 other other girls. So, But uh, it's basically just about Gaguri like coming into the Overwatch League 
League, like w what esports really is for because this is a casual audience for like Overwatch. It's great to get actually just get representation in time for for this, but um, but it's all about Gaguri specifically being kind of like the the trailblazer for females in the Overwatch League specifically, and kind of talking about how we hope that uh, you know more people uh, make it in uh, along the same lines. So. It also talked about her ever overcoming the because people were like, a girl can't be that good. She's cheating, and she actually was right. accused of cheating. Yeah. And it talked about her overcoming that, like she wasn't cheating. She had to prove it. They thought she which was is using a ridiculous an notion. They thought she was using an aimbot yeah. on Zarya, of all things. But I guess that is a I guess that is a thing. <laughs> yeah. But no, she's just good, and she had to prove it. And her teammates helped her out, to their credit. So. Yeah, and now Shanghai are in a pretty good place. You know what I mean? So I'm glad she stuck it. This is before Shanghai. Times. This is back in, I think, Apex. This right. is way before oh, Overwatch. Oh, the cheating stuff? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, um, but now Shanghai's yeah. doing good things. Yeah. And I don't know if she's playing. I've heard. I haven't really watched a lot of Shanghai matches, but I don't know if she's being played as much anymore. Which is weird. But I don't. I know. don't think like i think she's still being played i feel I like just, i always just kind of stumble on shanghai matches i never really go out of my way to watch them i'll it, need to you know, watch it because there's no reason to not to play her i don't feel like yeah, she's, she's a really player. good tank player so yeah kaguri in time um good shit so you should read that article too right after you read the one on briggsy uh so fusion you win the fourth season of contenders um surprise surprise those guys are absolutely crushing it and i wish they would just hurry up and take over for the uh the they're like keeping all team. these players these players have yeah. crushed it every season and they're not signing them like all the other players and other teams are getting signed to overwatch league yeah like toronto toronto defiant just took two players from montreal rebellion like and pc university None Nothing. of their players are getting excited. They're just... Elk a little fusion, bit. Elk fusion, a little bit. Fusion, look at me. Get your shit together. Sorry. <laughs> so that I can like you again. Uh, uh, but there has been some kind of big changes here and there uh, as far as trades and whole entire teams quitting. Uh, so let's talk about Mayhem Academy. So Mayhem Academy dropped out of contenders in their entirety. Here is the message. Uh, in combination with our commitment to the new roster direction and the Valiant trade, we wanted to take a season off to retool our contenders team at this moment. We look forward to rejoining contenders in the near future in a way that will synergize with our main team. Uh, we'd like to thank this season's roster and staff for their hard work. We'll be working closely with remaining members to assist in finding new opportunities. So... That's, Poor Mangachu. Yeah, that's... Uh, he keeps getting fucked over. Wub, Mangachu, Epps, Manitin, and Paintbrush. Um, getting the boot there. Poor Mangachu. Uh, and then alongside that, we have uh, Dallas Fuel, signs Trill. Um, so Trill uh, is from Team Envy, I believe. He was from Team Envy originally. And yeah, that's... that's uh dallas's related team right so they're they're pulling him in uh between stages two and three so he'll be there for next season um solid player uh tank player from australia so we always need more uh, australian players in there he'll be able to play without hyping <laughs> uh, it's gonna be so good um so the interesting part here that i'm kind of like that i do wonder about actually is that like right now I wouldn't say that Dallas are particularly struggling in the tank department. I think Note and OGE have been like they've got a lot phenomenal. of good ones actually. So I that's my only concern is like you know 
I don't know what go? the play is there, especially like I'm still wondering what Toronto is trying to do with their trades, but we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Mm. It's, um, it's a weird situation. It's like. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shax and Fact Fiction and McGravy are joining the LA Valiant. LA Valiant has had a huge shakeup, um, and that did include them getting rid of Fate. Uh, Fate is gone, and all those players have joined. So Shax, Fact Fiction, and McGravy are joining, um, and then we have Fate's leaving Valiant. So they're doing a big old switch up, I guess, hoping that um, they're going to get better results out of sort of. Yeah, chopping and changing I think, things up. I think it will be a good refresher for them, and they're also moving to people who are speaking the same language more. Mm. So I think I think it will really help them. I actually think they're going to be maybe not winning every match, but I could see them maybe going like two and five, three and seven, three and four this stage. I think they won't be as yeah. hard pressed. I don't. I th- to be. The annoying thing was that I didn't ever think they were doing bad. You know what I mean? Like I never they really watched a match and thought these guys suck. Like it, they always just got fucked over by something. They have this situation, just like the outlaws. The outlaws have been <laughs> arguably worse than Valiant, but they're just so close and they're just slightly off. There's just something slightly off, and there's it's such a weird. It betrays the team's mm. ability because they're just like they just can't quite get it right yeah in some cases houston has been completely getting it wrong but there's times where they just look like they're just on the cusp of getting it right and well, then they don't here's hoping that you know those few tweaks there help them out a little bit um i think valiant will be improved i don't know if houston's going to be improved this stage but I think Valiant are going to be pretty good. <laughs> All right. And Toronto Defiant, uh, Gods and Sharik graduate uh, to the Defiant. So uh, those guys coming from, as you pointed out, Montreal Rebellion, they're going to be joining the Defiant there. Uh, and that's The interesting part of this, we have to think, Toronto Defiant before this is an all-Korean lineup. They're changing their tank line, or they're not really changing their tank line, and they're bringing in two, I think Sharik's a tank, right? Or is he support? Mm, don't remember. I already clicked off it. <laughs> I have to look this up. But it's interesting that they're bringing in two non-Korean players. It says the first comment is from I'm 37, and it says Gods is now in Brig Jail, <laughs> and there's a picture of Brig wearing her fucking police uniform, which I thought was funny. Uh, okay, so yeah, I'm not sure, but either way, Gods and Sharik. I've heard the name Sharik before. I Let don't me look this up. You're good. Uh, I don't watch as much Contenders as I do Owl. I do try and watch it wherever possible, but frankly, it's hard to fit it all in. Sharik is a main tank. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm confusing Gods. I don't. I confuse somebody. Either way, good shit for Defiant. Um, and interesting, like you said, they're bringing God's in those guys. Gods tank slash. He's a flex. He's a flex. Hmm. Is his main t- or the top tier Roadhog Diva and then a bunch of DPS. So it seems like he's a flex player. So I'm wondering if they're sometimes going to switch out their tank line for these two, even though they won't be speaking the same language as the others. Oh, well, I'm 37 speaks English. He speaks perfect English because he's lived in Canada for a while. Which is hilarious when he did that to uh, what's his face on Danny the stage. Danny got fucked. <laughs> he got fucking. He, he was he was shook. You saw that man. He was like, "Excuse me, what the fuck just happened?" <laughs> Why did you? Just I feel do so that bad for him. Like, 
I'm 37 just fucking takes the microphone and start, he speaks in perfect English it, with a slight Canadian accent. It like, cracks ever me so up slight. because they because they made like a big thing out of I'm 37 going from like basic obscurity to like owl in what was it four matches or something, and yep. then um, there was that joke they did where they talked about him like basically taking over Nate Nancer's position, and now Nate Nancer is actually retired. <laughs> so they're like I'm 37. I'm 37 gonna is soon going to take Jeff's position. We just have to wait for it. Just expect it. Uh, so a few more. Uh, Byrem uh, joins Florida Mayhem. Uh, Byrem coming from NRG uh, from Contenders. And then we also have, what else we got here? Jaquirin to join the Chengdu Hunters in Stage 3. Uh, Hidan is leaving Second Wind. Uh, he's currently looking for a team. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it for all the trades and stuff. There is one more I'm going to get into in just a second here, but I'll, I'll do that after. Um, first of all, let's talk about the Grand Finals. They're officially going to be held in... Philadelphia! That's right. Philadelphia is hosting the Grand Finals this year uh, on September 20, 29th at the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. I should see if I could somehow sneak over there for that if philly play in that grand finals i probably will go out of my way I to try i would go over i would probably go to it no matter what I, honestly i do want to see their new like place but at the same time isn't it just the nhl arena right now i'm pretty sure it's probably just the, the flyers fargo arena. one i don't know wells fargo let me look it just up. says pride home of the flyer sixers soulful bull yeah, so and it's, nll it's the... wings yeah so a couple, couple people up. playing there but uh yeah, so that's going to be fun uh, for Philly fans. Hopefully, uh, the team makes it to the final. It's and, the hockey arena. Yeah, they get to see a good game. Uh, but the other, the last one that I, I was going to talk about a little bit was um, was CKM. So CKM, really well known Australian player. Not to be player. confused with AKM. Yeah, not AKM. Um, no, also not RCK. CKM, uh, Australian <laughs> player, um, really, really good player. Uh, got to play in the Overwatch uh, World Cup. Um, really, just like renowned, uh, and he's been playing in contenders for a while, solidly. And um, he basically said that he's done. Uh, he's done not just with uh, you know his team, but with Overwatch in general. He's he's just quitting the whole thing. I'm gonna read a little bit about this because uh, I think it's kind of important. Like we talk about like strain on players and stuff like that, and also more about. For me, this is more about like the realism of making it where you want to make it. There's players like I'm 37, right? That just come in and like just crush everything and they get right where they want to be. And then there's players like CKM who grind it out in contenders year after year after year, and for whatever reason don't get pulled up to the big leagues because you know they they don't get to shine as as brightly or whatever. So this is a common thing that I'm sure a lot of players feel and think. Um, but this is uh, in CKM's own world own words. Um, <clears throat> I've decided it's in my best interest to leave Overwatch. This has been a long time coming. Pretty much since the start of this contender season, I've been going in and out on whether or not I really want this. As much as it saddens me to do this, I just can't warrant risking the amount of time required to make playing into a career. Hell, maybe I'll regret this one day. Maybe I'll come back. And from uh, where I see it, there's realistically a very small chance I actually make Overwatch League, which is the only thing in the world that would warrant the time 
commitment. If I'm going to pursue something, I'm going to give it 100%. I don't want to be splitting my time and my interests 50-50 and being mediocre at both. Starting university this year has made me realize I love what I'm uh, perusing there just as much as Overwatch, and it's ultimately a safer route. Maybe I'm bitching, uh, but I need to ground my dreams in some essence of realism. On top of this, I just haven't been enjoying the game as much recently. This honestly isn't because of Brig. Brig is tedious, yes. The real reason I think this meta is so awkward is because it pulls away from the things I loved about Overwatch at a core level. The game in its current state feels stale and repetitive. It comes down to precise execution on plans and plays that you've made hundreds of times before, not even acknowledging the game's dynamic core elements. Some people like the structure, it just isn't what I enjoy, hence why I played Overwatch and TF2 over CS, etc. to begin with. All this being said, the last year and a half committing to Overwatch full-time has been fucking incredible. I have so much to take away from all my experiences that I wouldn't have doing anything else. I think this is widely due to the people that have helped me along the way, coaches, teammates, friends, and fans. Seriously, you know who you are. Thank you, Felix. Kiss, kiss at the end of his, uh, his statement there. What do you think about that? Although I'm not a pro player in Overwatch, I actually relate to this article personally because when I was in university and I was doing the streaming thing, I wasn't trying to stream to get famous or anything. And I was going through this whole like program switching thing and I was just doing all these things. And I'm like, I have to do the thing that I like that's actually enjoying it. And I switched from mechanical engineering and computer technology to all in computer science. And I quit streaming. I just got rid of all the things that just were taking away from what I wanted to do and just did the thing that I wanted to do. And now I'm in the position I am pretty good position for a 24 year old. Let's be honest. I'm not going to go further into detail on that, but it's relatable. Like, you, honestly, well you honestly just have to, at some point, whether it's pro play or whatever you're doing at some point you have to look at like, is this really worth my time? I have this, a lot of people have this other thing that they're just not acknowledging that they can do really well. And they're trying to stick it out with this thing that doesn't really fit them perfectly. Like I was trying to fit into mechanical engineering and my brain was much more wired to do computer stuff. And I was trying to stick it out and it was painful. It was actually causing me depression. So if you try to stick it out with something that isn't making you happy or doesn't work with you, doesn't jive, it's just not healthy. So that sounds like the kind of situation he was in. And I'm glad yeah. that he's making this decision. And going to university is never a bad idea. Never a bad idea. Well For said. Sure. Well said. Absolutely. Um, okay. And the last of our uh, pro news this week, and I, I'm only pointing this out because of the sheer unfucking believable amount of time this took uh, this guy to do. But some of you may be familiar with the name uh, Ritterin uh, Buzru. Uh, I'm sure I butchered that. But his uh, handle is IO Stucks. Um, so he is a regular on the um, competitive Overwatch subreddit. He's a regular in some other smaller forums. Uh, he was the uh, co-head coach of XL2 uh, Academy. Uh, that's the contenders team specifically for New York and Uprising Academy as well. Um, and basically, he's a really fucking smart guy uh, and a really nice guy as well. And one of the things that he decided to do, and I think this is the first time anyone's done it in quite this manner, he created uh, a 70-page thesis paper on goats 
which is not a joke. That's, that's a real thing. And it's fucking incredible. Like, as much as we talk about goats, like, not really affecting, like, me or you because of how we play and where we play, um, for someone that's, like, I read, like, at least 30 pages of this. And it's it's really well done like it's really really well done because this is like the minutiae that you miss when you're watching goats and going oh goats is boring like this is a stuff where like they really have just gone like full mind game on this thesis and you can see exactly like what they're talking about one of my favorite um parts of it and i'm still reading it like i said one of my favorite parts was holding the line and they said it was uh it's actually something they learned from fusion um so from fusions uh used to do this thing where he'd have this imaginary line somewhere so like let's say that you are uh, at a choke point uh someplace uh let's say first point hanamura you're at the choke of first point hanamura fusions would say hold the line hold the line hold the line what that meant was <clears throat> there's an invisible line where that choke door is the first motherfucker to step over it gets jumped by all of us that's what that's what it meant it was like if this rain steps past this line or whoever steps past this line we all go at them like in, in one go so everyone in the team immediately knew what to do because they'd be calling out like no bubble this no bubble that whatever and then he would say hold the line hold the line and then as soon as like someone hit the line boom they would all snatch on him which i just thought was just this, this great like very simple kind of thing you know but it was like everyone knew what it meant so like everyone was like when do we engage as soon as the motherfucker footsteps over that line and it was just like i thought it was really smart um so there's a ton of like really really cool kind of information and call outs and stuff like that uh in this guide and i do recommend it to anyone that's interested in the higher tier sort of um you know strategy explanations for things like uh overwatch or, or goats in particular um but yeah have you had a chance to check it yet or i don't have the attention span for that it's good though like i read it on the train on the way home and i was just like man this is super fascinating to me like i mean you'd need your whole team to read it and understand it and comprehend it but it's solid so if you're uh if you're interested in your team getting better at goats or you want to really just learn like some master techniques from someone that's really good at it and has been teaching it for a while then io stux's 70 page thesis on goats the uh, the uh the link is directly in the description uh in whatever channel you're on whether it's a podcast or whether it's uh, the video version of the podcast so do uh check that out if you're interested it's just a straight up share thesis um very very interesting so uh yeah that's the last thing i wanted to point out there so let's move away from the game and the professional play and kind of relax a little bit you know to take the pressure cooker off and let's talk about ourselves for a minute so <laughs> <laughs> why not right we're we're worth it so um <clears throat> personal focus this week I kind of just wrote it right before we went live because I didn't have anything planned but what i came down with uh or what i came up with rather was um I wanted to talk about Hero Gauntlet, okay? Because Hero Gauntlet is a mode that got added in the arcade after, well, at the same time as the workshop came in. And it's my favorite fucking new thing ever. Hero Gauntlet is gun game in Overwatch. You basically start uh, at McCree, and then you work your way all the way up to Torbjorn <laughs> uh, with a hammer. And, like, once you kill somebody, you change to a different character and then you have to keep doing that and doing that and doing that and basically it's the first person to get to either either as far along the hero chain as you can before time runs out or making it all the way to torbjorn and killing someone with a hammer uh which is how you finish that so um you've played it a little bit i played it fuck ton um <laughs> what's your first of all what's your thoughts I've, on this and then we'll go into the question do you like i played it literally one time and i won <laughs> 
Really? I played it literally one time, and I won. That's the only time I played it. Wow. And I was like, at first going into it, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to like this. But it's literally just a test of your flexibility and just being able to switch. Like, if you know how a bunch of hero abilities work in your mind, even if you're not mechanically the best with them, you're going to have a better idea of how to do and I think that flexibility is what allowed me to, you know, to win. I, I actually thought it was bat. a really interesting training technique as well, because like for so for example, like I I might not get to play that many heroes in um in regular Overwatch. I'm pretty much only useful on four heroes. But like when when I play mystery heroes, you know, I'll end up with a Genji or whatever, and I'll just like be like, okay, make make this a merciful quick death for me, please, because I'm gonna get wrecked. But playing this gauntlet over, and I, by the way, have played probably fifty matches and not won any yet, except for one time when I happened to be the highest character. I've never made it all the way through. I was Mercy at one point and I won. Um, but yeah, so I I love this mode a lot and. Um, I think it's fantastic to learn those middling characters like uh you know because it's weird because you like you said your your uh <clears throat> your mindset has to change when the character does so it's, it's kind of like gear. yeah so like as soon as you're done like if you know what's coming next because i know the almost the whole i didn't right even know i didn't <laughs> even know i mean i think it says at the top but I wasn't even, like, if you see, I got play of the game, I think. I went from Moira to Widow. I'm just all of a sudden like, oh, fuck, I have to headshot. And I just headshot, and you can tell by my mouse movement, I kind of turn and turn back, like, did I just do that? <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm Sombra, and I'm like, okay, I have to play Sombra now. It's just, you have to just instantly recognize which hero you are, and then figure out what you need to do. It also helps I, you learn how to I get got, quick kills, too, because like, the whole I got goal the is to kill someone quickly, right? So it's like, what's the quickest possible way I can kill someone with this character? When I got Reinhardt, I just transformed into Reinhardt, and I saw someone just land in a doorway in front of me. I immediately charged and killed them. I was like, <laughs> fuck it. That's the quickest way I, to kill I, someone with Reinhardt. I reacted. <laughs> right. I reacted to the situation. I'm like, this is my best chance right, right now. <laughs> Good shit. So anyway, uh, Hero Gauntlet, fantastic game mode. I do recommend you check it out so we get more things like that. Um, so my question to you was going to be, who is the character you're most comfortable on and the one you are least comfortable on in the Hero Gauntlet? So I guess go ahead and, and let me know. See, I'd say actually the most comfortable I was on is when I got Tracer. I'm just like, okay, I know what I need to do. I right. just like immediately <laughs> just like, cool. I just need to get up to someone really close, even though I'm not that good. I played it on PC, by the way. This is the important part to note. I'm like, I'm not that good at Tracer on PC. I haven't actually really tried her much since those early days, so maybe I'd be better now. But um, I was like, okay, I just need to get close to somebody when they're not looking at me, and I'll get them. And I think I got like the first person I saw. I think it was a Zen. Poor Zen. Uh, I don't know if it was a Zen or not, but it was something easy to kill. Actually, I think it was a Reinhardt, maybe. I don't remember who it was, but I got a kill pretty quickly, and I just felt really comfortable. Least comfortable getting that freaking Torp Hammer kill? Jesus Christ. There was I nearly got one right away, but I slightly missed, and then I had to like kind of run away. You pretty much have to overload and just... I think you have to overload and get into the middle of the messiest fight you can see and just start swinging. I think I, think I just broke a Hanzo's spine when he wasn't paying attention, honestly. <laughs> is how I won. And I like immediately took the chat, like, I did I do it? You <laughs> did should, I actually do it? You should have uh, You should have broke his delicate ankles. It would have been easier. People... Just, you know. people <laughs> <laughs> I have been 
smite and smote. He's, I don't about, know what the... he's about the right height to do it. You know what I mean? He's... Anyway. I smite thee. Uh, for me, most comfortable, probably Moira. As soon as I get Moira, I'm just like, okay, something's dead. Uh, because almost every person, and it's amazing actually how, many, how you can tell which players are Moira players and which ones aren't. It's amazing when you get Moira in a close room with somebody, how many people throw that damage orb and try and, you know, get you with that when I throw the healing orb and then just outlive them by standing still and holding down the button and the health just bouncing up and down. So Moira, I'm really, really comfortable on obviously. Zen I'm quite comfortable with too because um, I'll just, I'll volley someone pretty quickly usually. The worst one for me is, and this is always the worst one for me is fucking Farah. I don't know what what it is about my timing of getting to Farah. I feel like I get to Farah really quickly at about the same time. Every other fucking character <laughs> is anti Farah. <laughs> like it's like Ash, Soldier, McCree. They're all still running around. Fucking Genji probably somewhere. Like and I'm just like I always am in a place where if I don't get a kill like real quick with her in like a really fucking closed room or something, then I'm fucked because wherever I, whenever I'm in the air, I'm an easy kill for someone else. So that's the one that's crushing me the I most. must have gotten my far kill really quickly because I didn't even remember that she was in the damn thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, because it goes like McCree, Soldier, Ash, Farah, and then I think it goes to Genji after that, and then it starts going It took me a while to get my McCree kill, honestly. But yeah, that's just because I kept using my abilities at the wrong time. And then once I got past Soldier, I just went boom, 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 boom. That's the thing, though, because a lot of people kind of give up. Like, they, if they... It's, there's, there's some people, and I think... The saddest, the saddest sound in the world to me is when you're on your like eighth or ninth character and you hear it's high noon because you know some poor bastard has been trying to kill people for so long that they've had to resort to using his ult and even then they might not get a kill because it's really hard still to do that even. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, McCree. I, I feel like I feel like if I sometimes I get like a bunch of really quick and easy kills with the McCree and then just get stuck somewhere random. Other times I feel like I'm on McCree for half the game and I don't know how the fuck, like I just get so unlucky um, with it, but uh, it's a solid game mode, dude. Like it's my favorite uh, current game mode. Uh, whenever I'm online and no one else is, I am immediately jumping in that and playing it. Uh, and like I said, yet to get the Torb hammer kill, but I will eventually. I can't wait to see how comfortable I get on that actually. Speaking of comfortable characters, uh, I do practice on baby divas. I, I try and kill every baby diva with a hammer if I'm Torbjorn. Oh my god. <clears throat> Why not? Toxic. Right? I know. So anyway, let us know uh, in the comments uh, whether A, whether you've played Hero Gauntlet and what you think of it, and B, who you think is like your most comfortable and your least comfortable character to play uh, in the Hero also, Gauntlet. Also, talk about the other workshop stuff that you've played. I yeah. played a few things the other day. I really like the hide and seek mode. I haven't tried that yet. That's one of the examples. It's a bit glitchy sometimes. Like sometimes, like even if someone's behind something, they start dying. But it's really like it. It feels like hide and seek. It does. It's just like, and you can screw with people so badly. Like I didn't even know at the beginning. You can go into the other spawn, or you can go into spawns and hide. Oh, and wow. I just like disregarded the spawns were a thing when I was the seeker. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to try out some more of those game modes. I couldn't figure out like how to do it like with friends and stuff. I was just I don't know. I was only fucking around with it, and I, I had a hard time with it with things. So I um I, do I have an idea of how to do it. I I, I also really like Flappy Farah. Oh, Flappy Farah! Yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> I like how I made a comment uh, on Reddit uh, the other day. It was it was so funny because all these people that have been like making these crazy game modes and stuff. They there's a ton of people that have been making like 
basically just anything but Overwatch. <laughs> They're making like Snake or Pong or something ridiculous. And you're just like, I love how I once given the tools to make the perfect Overwatch game, everyone just makes a different game entirely, uh, which made me chuckle. Alrighty, so let's move on to the hero of this week's episode, and we're talking Brigitte Lindholm. Uh, so, Brigitte, <clears throat> let's dig into a few bits about her. First of all, let's guess her age. How old is Brigitte? She's 23. She is 23. Well done. Yeah, I'm assuming I you know knew that, that because she came out when I was 23. Oh. I think, she, I, or no, I the when I looked at her age uh, for the first time, she was 23 and I was 23. Because I'm just like, she's my age. Anyway, that's how I know that one. She is Swedish. She was a mechanical engineer. Uh, she is now an adventurer and squire um, and hero in her own right. Her main affiliation, as far as other characters, would be Reinhardt and Torbjorn. Uh, Reinhardt, because she is his squire, or was his squire, uh, helping to repair his armor. And uh, Torbjorn is her daddy. So there you go. Her and her mommy is Ingrid Lindholm, which I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Ingrid Lindholm. But I think she's pretty. I've seen it. I think I've seen a picture. She's pretty. But uh, but Reinhardt is also her godfather. So uh, if anything should ever happen to Torbjorn, let's hope it doesn't. Reinhardt Overwatch. named Brigitte, actually. Oh, there was he? some sort of, I think that was it. I think it, he chose, I forget what it was. It was something like, oh, Torbjorn wanted him to shut up. Like wanted Reinhardt to shut up about something. So he's like, you can name my child if you just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think that's literally it. Uh, someone's gonna be in the chat like that's wrong that sounds but like no Torbjorn. i'm pretty sure that was it uh voiced by the lovely matilda smidius uh she actually did a role play or a cosplay as brigida the other day as well i, I think i saw really that funny. it was really good it was legit yeah she looked she looked the part uh so let's talk about her stuff so let's talk about first of all her passive uh which is inspire so inspired as 16.67 health per second with an area of effect of 20 meter radius the duration is six seconds and the cooldown is one basically when brigida strikes an enemy with her flail all allies within range are healed over time it's triggered with rocket flail or whip shot but not shield bash it does not stack with itself and does not heal allies behind enemy barriers or surfaces that block line of sight after one second if brigida lands another successful hit the timer resets um what do you think about her passive inspire well it's the thing that's central to her being is that she is the one that you want fighting close to you and just hitting and doing that damage and just keeping your team not necessarily super healed but keeping them up keeping them in the fight like she's not going to save anyone's life with that ability specifically but she is going to keep you guys in the fight and delay you having to retreat or possibly delay you long enough to just win the fight. So the sustain is real. Yeah. Yes. Um, but also I think this particular ability is essentially quintessentially what made goats goats, right? Yes. Um, because I mean, you already have the healing aura and the speed aura of Lucio. She's in fact the main heal. Yeah. She's pretty much the main healer in goats. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's cool. All right, her rocket flail. So her rocket flail is, me is a melee weapon. Damage of 35, uh, max range 6 meters, rate of fire 1 swing per 0.6 seconds, and no, it cannot headshot. Uh, Brigitte's melee weapon has an extended range, enabling her to strike multiple enemies with a single swing. At 5 or 6 meters away, Brigitte's flail has a horizontal range of 3 meters on the side she swings towards, and 2 meters on the opposite side. 
So uh, it, there's a pretty decent cone of death um, that she's got going on when she starts whip, whapping that thing around, um, which I thought was cool. Do you like using her flail? You're asking someone whose favorite character is Brigida if yeah. he likes using her foil. Sure. No, Tom. No, I don't like the <laughs> weapon on my favorite character. Okay. Of course I like the fucking thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Especially because it's a lot like using... And this is what I think made me start playing Reinhardt and knowing how to play him is that it's very similar in base mechanics. Like you're, you can hit multiple things and if you turn, you can get a wider radius and mm. it's this whole kind of mindset of using it. That's very similar to Reinhardt. And again, she's a good pairing with Reinhardt. Because I, can, I prefer Reinhardt's hammer, but I, I don't dislike well, Reinhardt's it. Hammer, it does more damage. And it's, yeah. I think a big radius, but it feels a little it's a nicer. similar idea. The base, the base idea it's the same. You're right. You're right. Uh, all right. Uh, some of her other things. Repair pack. So the repair pack for burst healing, you really can't beat it. Uh, does 150 health and up to 75 armor over max health. Uh, 30 meters per second projectile speed. 30 meters max range. Uh, five seconds uh, for bonus armor uh, duration and uh, six seconds cooldown. So the armor gained from the repair pack can be stacked. Uh, after tossing the pack, it will track its target until either it makes contact or the intended target is killed and the minimum cooldown for this ability is 1.5 seconds regardless of the game settings um so i i like the repair pack i think it's one of those things it's kind of like when you're in the midst of like a big crazy fight and you know that your healers are kind of all over the place it's one of those things that is reliable and it and it, and it comes up pretty fast enough so that if you're like half paying attention because you're kind of tanky anyway that you can probably help keep your squishies up by yourself you know what i mean and the best part about it and it's a bit like using azaria bubble is that you kind of in some cases have to be predicting this person's about to take a bunch of damage based on what the, what the surrounding them and what's how much protection they have they're about to get critical i'm gonna throw this pack by the time it gets them they're critical and all of a sudden they're back to full health yeah if you do it just like slightly too late they die and there is this interesting like and sometimes you have to armor someone up like they're already close to full health or they're full health and you just want to armor them up so that they stay it, it's not as often you want to do that but uh, or sometimes you just guess wrong and they get armor anyway <laughs> but there is this kind of idea of being predictive of trying to foresee the future a little bit and think in your mind's eye based on the information that I am seeing, is this person about to die? Right. And do I need to throw this thing? So, uh, whip shot, uh, linear projectile type, uh, damage 70, movement speed minus 50%, uh, projectile speed 40 meters per second, max range 20 meters, and cooldown 4 seconds. And no, again, you cannot headshot with a whip shot. Uh, the whip shot creates a strong knockback around 5 to 10 meters on the target. Arguably my favorite ability of hers, because um, I'm a booper, man. I like booping things, and uh, whenever she is close to a ledge with that whip shot she's a good booper it's pretty pretty big pushback on that would you agree yes and there's actually multiple uses for it other than that um it's really good for finishing off kills of people who have gotten just slightly too far i don't know how many times i've had a genji who thinks oh i've double jumped i'm clear of her boop you're dead fucker <laughs> um <laughs> faras even like if you get really good with it and there's a far low and she's like i'm just gonna float away boop your foot you're dead fucker <laughs> 
it's, just, it's also good for giving yourself space. Like if you if you have gotten yourself into a situation that's a bit too hot, and there's a character like a Reinhardt who's swinging at you, you can actually whip shot and give yourself a bit more space, and give you enough space not to be hit by his hammer again. And also, you get that because the whip shot counts towards uh, inspire. You start getting healed. Yeah. So it's a really good delay, like give yourself a bit more time to get back to your team or to retreat also, and survive. Also, um, give you like a half a second get a to get too. your bash back too. So if you can boop someone away long enough, then likely yes. it is by the time you re-engage, you probably have your shield bash up as well. Um, so speaking of the shield, the shield has 500 uh, health points. It regenerates 20% per second after being down for two seconds. Movement speed of minus 30% when it's uh, deployed. Three seconds after being broken the cooldown starts uh the shield is in the shape of a vertical rectangle curving in at the bottom sides and barrier shields orientation can be changed by moving the mouse it says which i think just means literally just you can just turn turning. with your shield weird way to say it but okay um well also you can <clears throat> block something that's above you is what that means rolling into uh that we'll talk about the bash damage five now that never used to be the case uh she used, she used to, to be 50 yeah she used to do 50 and they nerfed the shit out of that so good for them uh so now she does five damage with the shield bash the movement speed is plus 470 percent when she jumps forward uh the max range is 6.85 meters area of effect 60 degrees front cone angle radius duration one second stun and cooldown seven seconds shield bash not only stuns the target struck by it but it also inflicts a small amount of knockback shield bash cannot stun through barriers if she used to be able to if shield bash interacts with reinhardt's charge doomfist rocket punch ash's bob or another shield bash both heroes get knocked down and shield bash ignores genji's deflect uh as it should um shield bashing do we think we're in a better place with that now than when it was 50 uh, hit points I actually, sometimes I still think the damage is too low, but I don't really think that so much anymore. Because, again, it's so powerful in being able to stop fucking alts or give you time if it doesn't stop the alt to react to it and get out of, like, avoid the problem. Right. And there's other uses, again, there's, there's another ability that has other uses. It's just, again, buying yourself time in some situations, like get your bash and then you have your whip shot again or just give yourself time to keep yourself in the fight and it's about using these abilities in se sequence like you get this rhythm like i need to use this i need to combo this with that and it's very useful that, for that and another use is mobility you can actually do you can actually get to some places there's one i like to do on lijong garden where you can actually jump across the gap between like as you walk into a spawn there's that circular thing and then there's the little platform and then there's a gap between that and the little octagon thing in the middle you can jump that with shield bash and nobody will expect it if you have to get there quick that is the way to go <laughs> and by the time you get into the fight you're almost gonna have it again as well and her ultimate ability is Rally. Uh, 15 armor per 0.5 seconds, up to 100 armor on self and allies. Movement speed of plus 30%. Area of effect, 8 meters. Duration, 10 seconds. The armor lasts 30 seconds. And uh, Brigida passively generates 1% ult charge every 4.5 seconds. Probably... <sighs> One of the weaker ultimates out there now, especially with the 30-second thing. 
Um, it's kind of underwhelming, but it also scares the fuck out of people. Right. Do you know how many times <clears throat> I will pull rally and they'll pull like two alts just because they heard rally and then I just back off. I'm like, okay, cool. We're just going to back off now. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. Sometimes people don't know. It's, it's really good for sustain as well. If you just need a little bit of extra oomph to do, use your team fight. And again, you might pull out some alts from that. They're just going to use some alts just for this one rally. And it's a really good, it's a good throwaway alt almost. <laughs> it's also a good sustain alt if you really just need it. And it also, it's really easy to get mid-fight, so it might turn the tide of a fight if you get it mid-fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so before I get into, like, you know, story, backstory, that kind of stuff, since you are the expert uh, in the Brigida field, let's say, do you have any, like, tidbits you want to throw in there uh, for uh, players that are looking to pick up Brigida or players that play uh, her now but want to be better? Don't knock her until you try her. <laughs> looking at you overwatch community she's not really as like again you have to be really good with your abilities to be successful for and you also have to be <clears throat> positions and if you mix both those you are just ridiculous um but really stay close to your team especially if you have a reinhardt she's really good to pair off a reinhardt because you guys get in there and do all things she's really good on control because controls tend to get brawly you want to use her in a situation that's close quarters and brawly if you start getting long range, you're going to get killed before you get in there, and you can't really do any healing unless you're t the only healing you have, unless you're hitting stuff, is your repair pack. So you want to use her in close quarters, brawly situations, and just like be a thorn in the side, disrupt abilities, and cancel alts, and just boop people off ledges if that's an option. And uh, yeah, you want to be playing close quarters with her. And yeah. she actually does a lot more healing than you think. I would but say, don't go off um, on your own with her unless you know you're going to be able to get the kill and your team doesn't need you right beside them. <laughs> My own only bit of advice I would throw in as someone that is nowhere near as good of a Brigida player, but something I think is useful for everyone to know, is if you suspect the enemy to have an ultimate you can stop, do not use your shield bash until they use the ultimate that you can yep. stop. Uh, because you don't want to be If you hear short. a Reaper stepping above you, save that shit and track his ass. Yep. Because he's going to drop down, you're going to shield bash him, and then He's gonna be in chat like what the fuck? Ah, <laughs> uh, Edge Lord. Uh, so let's talk about Brigida. Brigida is the youngest daughter of Torbjorn and Ingrid Lindholm, and is traveling companion of Reinhardt Wilhelm. Uh, no longer sitting on the sidelines, Brigida Lindholm has taken up arms to defend those in need of protection. She is very stubborn, a trait inherited from her father. Brigida spars with Reinhardt every day. Afterwards, she and Reinhardt go to a pub or tavern to relax. She likes donuts and loves Semler. That's weird. I don't know what Semler is. I, I don't think it's Semler the uh, I <laughs> the, hope not. The caster. <laughs> but it's S-E-M-L-O-R. I'll have to look up what that means. Uh, Brigida has conceived many months before the events of Operation White Dome, where her father lost his left arm and right eye in battle. He would have lost his life as well if not for Reinhardt's actions. As he recovered in hospital, Reinhardt wouldn't leave his side. Torpion became so frustrated that he told Reinhardt that if he left him alone, he could name his daughter. So I was pretty much right. <laughs> Torbjorn also decided to make him the godfather, hence Brigida received her name and her godfather. Uh, Brigida was the first of Torbjorn's children to show an interest in mechanical engineering. I didn't know that she had... So, so does she have a sister or something? It says she's the first? Torbjorn has a ton of children. That man's busy, man. It's... He gets more action than most people do in their entire fucking life. <laughs> that, um... that, that little player, man... Well, he's not a player. He's faithful. But... He, 
he gets it on. <laughs> Burkina spent much of her spare time in her father's workshop learning the trade and honing her skills. Her aptitude for engineering mirrored that of her father's, but Burkina's primary interest was in armor fabrication and defense systems. Unlike Torbjorn, who was world-renowned and perhaps infamous for the weapons he created, as a child she made a suit of armor for her pet cat, much to his disgruntlement. Everyone expected that Burkina would continue her apprenticeship and follow in her father's footsteps, but her plans changed due to the influence of another prominent figure in her life, her father's close friend and fellow Overwatch agent Reinhardt Wilhelm. A close friend of the family, Brigitte's godfather told her tales of heroes and chivalry as she grew up. When Reinhardt was forced into retirement from combat operations due to his age, Brigitte would learn of it through her father. After Overwatch's fall, Reinhardt declared that he would become a knight errant on a quest to bring justice. Before he left on his adventures, Brigida surprised him by asking to join him as his squire. Interested in adventure, Brigida wanted to travel around, do good, and getting a chance to make the world a better place. Uh, Reinhardt accepted her request, and she uh, considered traveling alongside him to be a great honor. Um, so that's how she started out in life. So that's uh, the rough pre-story of um, Brigida. So. Um, she's, you know what? She's cool. Like, she gets so much unfair shit for goats basically like people just blame her for goats and to an extent yeah goats wouldn't be possible without her but at the same time like she's such a nice character why did it have to be a nice character that gets all like shit on you know what i mean and here's the thing i fucking hated her when she came out did you <laughs> I was like, this character is so broken, and then I started playing her, and I'm like, wait, you actually have to know what you're doing in a lot of cases. Yeah, the mechanics might be easy to pick up, but there's a difference between basic picking up the mechanics and taking it to the next level. Right. And that's why I say don't knock her until you try her, because, my god, it's a really, like, it's difficult to get it right a lot of the time. But once you do, you're you're golden. Again, that's just the case of a lot of heroes. But. There's definitely a flow to it. Um, you know what I mean? There's definitely, like, it, it's kind of weird. It's almost like one of those characters like uh, Doomfist or whatever, where you feel like you can really spot the difference between good and mediocre players just based upon, like, their... Uh, comprehension of the the flow of play like when you see a good Doomfist, you're so fucking terrified of them because you know they can get in fuck you up and get out without a scratch she's kind of the same like there's people that play her really poorly and um she's very easy to kill if you will just kind of like group up on her real fast from different angles but there's people that play her really well and she becomes just like this unstoppable force of nature in the middle of the fight uh so you're like begging she's for people so to help good you. at catching people out like that's right. what that's what that's how i've defined myself as brady player is that sometimes you do have to kind of go a little bit outside of the fight but that's to take out something crucial like a mercy she's so good at keeping a mercy away from her frigging team because that mercy can start flying you bash her whip shot her further away from her team and then she's isolated and you just murder her it's so it's like she's so good at just doing stuff like that disrupting just ruining the enemy's plans and and she's a really nice character too and people just she's gotten so much shit and a lot of people do not play her in their matches and they're just like we're gonna shoot on this character because she's used in overwatch league a lot well guess what everyone did that with dive too and now they're begging for dive back and I'm sure if we go to Bunker, they're going to be like, can we get goats again? Can we get dive again? They're going to ask for both. I, yeah, I'm waiting for the full circle day that someone asks for goats again. I know it's going to happen. 
I'm just uh That's just that's just that's people, that's gamers, that's just we're assholes. Uh alrighty, so let's talk about her voice lines. So um favorite Brigitte voice lines, you know the rules. Um do you have any? It's just a flesh wound. It's just a flesh wound, it's a good one. Just a flesh wound. There's that one the um, Python. Today Pie, where she just says it's it's broken, but she's literally saying it's pie. Um <laughs> I can't really pronounce the one where she says you're making a chicken out of a feather. But she has a lot of voice lines that are just Torbjorn's, but done in Swedish or done in English, done in the opposite of what he says. Right. Um, I also really like Sling Dia where she says get lost. Like, it just sounds so like, fuck you. Sling Dia And then what's another one that's good? There has to be Mace to the Face. I like that one. I do like that one. The sass is real on that one. I'm trying to look some up here because I had... I don't use her that often. This website is just fucking with me right now. It's not loading properly. But um, I don't use her, like, that often. Um, what's the one where she says... Um, she says something style? No, Lindholm style. What is it? Scandinavian style? Yeah. No. It has to be Lindholm style. Such a weird... It's. <laughs> Such it's a so weird awkward. Sentence. It's yeah. like, what the fuck's that supposed to mean? But it's also kind of funny. It's like, huh? Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, one, I think my absolute favorite, and it's the perfect one for when you're in Spawn and wondering what the hell uh, is going on. What are you doing? <laughs> what do you think you're doing? <laughs> like just, she just says, "What do you think you're doing?" What do you think you're doing? Just like gets real like up in people's faces with that one um i've seen quite a few uh <laughs> brigadas that just like stand there in front of me just saying that over and over again because they're mad at my pick or whatever that might be <laughs> what do you think <clears throat> you're doing uh da, 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 da. what else we got here uh can you think of any more while i'm trying to get this page to load i'm trying to think of some of the things that she calls out i do uh, like her old i do like her old call out that i love to I me love yeah sounds like i love team may <laughs> I really like that one. I also like um it's when you get a shield bash kill, which doesn't happen nearly as much, but it's actually a kill off the shield bash, turning defense into offense. It's a good one. I just she had, but she has that, my first play of the game with her was actually her saying that. <laughs> but I really liked it. I do like the um last minute check, everyone squared away. Uh, something about that just kind of makes me feel like, oh, she's she's looking out for us. But she also says it with a hint of "let's get this shit done." Right. I really like it. Here we. Oh, uh, here we go. Okay. Finally. She's also a sass lord. <clears throat> like the way she talks to Reinhardt. Like, stay close to me, and she's like, "Of course. How else am I supposed to keep you patched up?" And when people uh, get Aggie with you for picking uh, her, you can either do the "trust me" or "you won't be disappointed." Which is the you won't be one. disappointed is her basic one, actually. Yeah. The... I like that one though. Like trust me. I really like trust me. Too. Trust, it's like, me. trust me. Cool. Uh, and then let's talk skins. So uh, a <clears throat> bit of controversy around the newest skin. Have you seen all that stuff? Oh, yes. And I agree with the controversy. It's kind of like you want to explain it to folks. It's a riot police skin. And with a lot of the stuff, I'm not going to get too ho but big into it because it's politics. But, you know, it's just like I really like the way the skin looks and it's just but it's just the connotation right now it just seems a bit yeah 
Like, so, not, not the time blizzard. Maybe there will never be a time for it, but it's just like... Yeah. It yeah. looks cool. And this is the thing. It looks cool. And they could have made it, like, not a police skin. They could have made it, like, a security contractor or something. And then it would have been more acceptable. But just... You know, with all the stuff going on in the U.S., I know it's a Swedish police officer, but still, it's just with all the stuff going on. It seems a little, a little around the world, even. maybe. But um, you know, I mean, Blizzard have always been all inclusive of everything, so I guess to them, they're not really looking at it from that that angle, which they really I should be. I won't go after but, anyone yeah. for using the skin. I just like I won't use it myself, just because I have these thoughts on it. Briggsy actually did it like thing on twitter about it which is really good and i totally agreed with it but i'm not going to mention here because again it's it's slightly political but it's just like i won't knock you if you use the skin i won't knock you if you like it it's just like for me it's just i really don't want to use it it's a little tone deaf yes uh, i really like um the shield maiden skin I and mean, it's one of my favorites because that kind of like to me that is peak Brigida. that's kind of like you know i imagine her as some kind of like i don't know if you watch game of thrones but like as a wildling or something like she just like like out there in the woods like bashing you know foxes and making fur skins out of them or something fucking wrecked by that shield those things are so <laughs> tiny just flailing a fox <laughs> whip shot <laughs> um, if she whip shot a fox it would explode <laughs> it would just be like the uh, Trey Connor skin's pretty good too. That's like the Swedishy colored one, the blue and yellow one. Trey Connor, yeah, big, big fan of that. Uh, and then she doesn't really, she really doesn't have that many great ones, does she? I don't really like uh, Shield Maiden's okay. I didn't like I'm the Lunar New Year it. one. The, the I don't like one. the Lunar New Year one. I'll be honest. I primarily use my Philadelphia away skin League, for her. Yeah, it's the League yeah. skins I've been using. Boston Uprising. I actually started using the Boston Uprising one before I even liked Boston Uprising because I think it makes her look extra Swedish. Just the colors. And Mm. I really like it. Um, Hangzhou Spark looks pretty good. I don't really like the Hangzhou Spark on her, actually. Toronto Defiant looks fucking badass. But those skins are just fucking crazy awesome. Black and red looks pretty good on anyone. And with the gold, it actually looks really good with the gold, too. Um, Soul Dynasty looks pretty good. Changju Hunters actually looks decent on her um i'm not crazy philadelphia fusion away looks really good on her mm, that's the one i um, always do the away i never do that i really like skins. boston uprising as well not just because i liked it before i liked boston uprising i actually bought that skin <laughs> and uh soul dynasty but soul dynasty works on most characters anyway i think i think the, the rest of her legendaries are so so i do like the um the manny the like the the knight looking one the knight ones oh, that's okay i use those when i go into um junker or not uh, junkenstein's revenge okay Jeez, I feel like it fits, but I don't really like it on the one. I like that you choose it off the base. I think they're well-designed skins. I just I'm not into the whole night thing, really. Anyway, uh, and then uh, let's talk about her place in the meta. <laughs> she is the meta. She is the meta. <laughs> she makes the goats Basically. meta, honestly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, she's not going anywhere anytime soon i wouldn't think until goats is completely stamped out and even then i think it's pretty much always a place for um brigida um some place like the thing with brigida though is that she's an off healer right so she's not a main healer she's probably not going to put out main healing numbers for anybody even though she puts out the main healing in goats it's because she just does more healing than the other two off healers and you're and you're always like grouped together so but um 
but yeah, like in a traditional two two two, then she's definitely very much played as an off healer. But her um, her kind of abilities are the big draw there as far as her utility. Um, and then, but I, I, yeah, so I mean, right now, obviously, couldn't get more meta if you tried. Um, but I do think that she does fit in other other compositions as well. Even stuff she like does. I don't think she fits into bunker or anything like that. But no. I think that she. She would be useful as like protection for DPS because she can just kind of stay down. Like one of the things I end up doing a lot with Brigida is whenever I see one of my teammates, it's getting a little hammered. I'll just jump in front of them and hold a shield up so they have time to kind of back away. And you know, so that's I do definitely that sometimes as well. Points. Actually, that's uh, just good. Any situation that's brawly, if you have like dive characters diving your backline and you're a healer, hmm. just switch to Brigida and fuck those guys up. Like tracers. They, you might not be able to get the tracer, but you're going to prevent her from being able to do anything useful. Right. At the very least. Can and you cancel Genji's, her out, basically. Genji's too sometimes. Like, you can screw those guys' plans up. And you might not kill them, but you're going to prevent them. You're going to make them forced to switch, basically, in a lot of situations. Unless they're really good, which does happen. But in most situations, if you are if you know what you're doing, you're going to be able to screw up their plans. And if they can't switch, they're fucked. Got a couple quick pieces of trivia before we move into the very last part. Um... Like her father, Brigida has an ironclad guild tattoo on her shoulder. Hers is on her outer left shoulder, while Torbjörn's is on his outer right shoulder. Brigida's favorite drink is beer. Michael Chu has commented that Brigida probably looks a lot uh, at a lot of hollow cat gifts. He has further confirmed that in an arm wrestling match between Brigida and Zarya, Zarya would win. Uh, Brigida also <laughs> Brigida also sports her father's old wrench from his Overwatch days on her engineer mechanic skins, which is located hanging on her pack. Her mechanic skin has the original color scheme. Brigida's favorite ride at Blizzard World is Flight to Duskwood. Uh, Hero with a spear and shield charge with range similar to Reinhardt's was in development at one point. This eventually was put into Brigida's kit. And when asked what was the most overpowered balance change the team has ever made, Jeff Goodman replied, I'd say at this point, it's pretty clear Brigida's initial balance was pretty far off the mark. She has been nerfed multiple times since then, and she's still very strong. Uh, so there's a couple quick bits of uh, uh, tidbits and, and trivia for you. And lastly, if we could make a tweak to Brigida that A would not break her, but B would improve her uh, for everybody playing with and against her, what would we do? What do you think? It's tough, isn't it? See, the only thing is slightly, like ever so slightly increased shield bash. That's the only thing. I would like to see either less of a cooldown on the repair packs or um, being able to do two per go or something like that. I, I think that would be too much. Too honestly, broken. playing as a Brigida, I think that would be too much. I think the only thing they could really do to improve upon her is just increase the shield bash damage slightly or increase her damage but decrease her passive healing. Hmm. Because they might have screwed that balance up a bit too much as well. I'd also like to see her ultimate be more effective. I feel like, like you said, like rally is good. Uh, it's definitely good for engaging in a dry fight or uh, like when all you have to or all you want to use to win a fight because you know that you have the economy in your hand. It's just like one thing. Then Rally's pretty good for just getting that initial pick. But I feel like ultimately it's kind of lackluster. Like they're just kind of like, I don't know. It's, like, it's, it's up fight, there with Widow for mid me. Mid-fight, if I get it mid-fight, I just use it on cooldown if we haven't 
right. if we don't need to reset. Right. Like that's it's just like I can throw it out here and I'm probably going to get it back pretty quickly. It's weird because like <clears throat> because of the slow build as well. Like maybe if it was instantaneous instead of being a slow build, maybe if it was just like as soon as she says rally to me, everyone just goes like boom has armor. It could still decay after 30 seconds, but I feel like like for example, when you have like a big ult coming in and you've got your Lucio with his sound barrier, you have Zen with trance, hers is like, it's never going to be of that quality because of the amount of time it takes to build it up to begin with. So you can't make a snap save by giving everyone armor like real quick. You have to kind of use it as like, a, okay, we're winding up into a fight here, guys. Um, I'd prefer it to be maybe a little faster. Like to the point where she just like, when she, when she says rally to me, everyone within that circle gets it instantly and maybe other people can join the circle and they have a slow build like later but the people that are stood next to you get it like boom like as you say it maybe that, that would be good that could actually be interesting i don't think yeah. that would totally wreck her either yeah. like make her because it's still going to burn down in the same time frame but it's more like she has slightly more chance of surviving like a big ult of some kind being able to do that i think um so that's what's one of the things i think would make her better but wouldn't break her because i don't think anyone's going to complain about it too much because i mean really what's the difference in waiting All a couple seconds the dps mains will complain about it even though they don't play her in her matches they complain about everything um <laughs> Sorry, DPS mains. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's what I think I would. Not do. the good DPS mains. The good DPS mains don't usually complain. So that's I just insulted a bunch of people. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Not really. Yeah. That's Brigida, and that's your episodes uh, six of Hero Recall. So we're making it through pretty decently through these heroes right now. So far, we've done God. What have we done? We did Diva, Arisa. We've done Sombra. We've done Moira. We've done uh, Brigida. We did Hanzo. Uh, so we're get we're getting through them. Uh, next time around, I'm thinking either another DPS or a tank. Maybe I think we've done uh maybe more dps try to do a dps get them off the roster. so fucking many of them too many um but yeah so this week we talked about all the patch updates that have occurred to overwatch in the last couple of weeks we went over uh the female uh, black female representation uh of sojourn with briggsy's article uh also gaguri showing up in time for just general female representation uh fusion you winning the fourth contenders and mayhem dropping out of contenders a bunch of people jumping around from valiant and dallas and mayhem academy uh uh, and then we also went over CKM leaving Overwatch for good. The grand finals being held in Philly. Uh, IO Stux's 70-page GOATS thesis. And uh, a little bit of Hero Gauntlet and Brigida. So um, thank you so much for, for watching or listening or however it is that you consume this content. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for sticking around. If you've watched any of the other podcasts and you're still with us, thank you so much for that support. And Wait. Heads up, people, because something's happening soon. What's happening? What's happening at Indie PopCon? There's a panel. Tom won't be there, unfortunately, but mm -hmm. I'll be there. That's true. And it's going to be Overwatch-related. So if any of you, however minute the possibility is, there might be like one person watching this from my Twitter. I think there's one person I know from Twitter who's going to Indie PopCon. They're going to go to our panel. Yeah. But uh, if any of you are going to Indie PopCon, check out that panel. I'm going to be a nervous wreck. It's going to be great. Yeah, and I'm probably gonna drag Keegan's ass in front of a bunch of people so, at one point. 
<laughs> James is right. We do have a panel. Uh, it is basically like how to be better on ladder and Overwatch. Is I don't think it's called that. It's something close to that. Um, but it's it's basically a how to be good at Overwatch panel, and uh, it was something that me and Keegan had previously put together as an idea to do uh, way back. It was like I think even last year we started writing this thing, and then uh, we didn't know if it was going to get accepted or not, and then it did, and then I found out I couldn't go. I still needed to write I... the panel, so it's a mess but it's gonna be good it's gonna be a good i time. basically heard though doing a pain i'm like bitch you guys better include me in this shit yeah so one of james's lifelong i invited myself to this shit one of james's lifelong uh, I was that dreams guy. is to do an overwatch panel so we're making that come true for him this year at it's gonna be very stressful but i'll be able to cross something off the list it'll be a good time and maybe i'll do it again it'll be a good time uh i wrote it guys so it's, uh, it's i'm sure it's gonna get tweaked uh but it's it, it's a good it's a good one i already finished it they already have copies I, I'm of sure it i'm sure and i will good find something to fuck up absolutely and i can't wait to watch it from the uh from afterwards i don't guess watch the train wreck <laughs> yeah uh so yeah and we'll, what we'll do actually um uh, with that i can put that on um on the hero recall as an episode potentially um just put it up as like a random special uh which would be the panel live with james and keegan instead of myself um so we can put it up there and you guys can see the entirety of it that way so i'll put it on at least the audio channels for people that are listening um but don't miss my sassy blinking (laughs) all right i'm sure it will happen Hey, don't worry, I'll, I'll get it out there. But yes, go to that Indie PopCon this year, uh, June 7th through 9th. I don't remember which day the Overwatch panel is on, but it's... It's uh, on the Saturday. On the 8th, then. Um, but if you are in that area uh, and you want to see that, then please do pop along and give uh, James and Keegan your support. Um, that's about it, really. I think, uh, like I said, thank you again, everyone, so much for all the support, as always. Uh, if you need to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us on at Hero Recall OW. Uh, for Overwatch uh, on Twitter. Uh, please feel free to ask us anything you like on there. Make requests. You can tell us which DPS hero you want us to do next if you want to. We'll probably listen. <laughs> we just pick Stormyard. We just pick them up on the fly, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Or? Um, don't be toxic. Don't be toxic. Fair enough. Uh, be nice to each other and you guys will all do better. Ain't that the truth? If you're having fun, like honestly, if you go into a match and you're cracking up jokes, like your team's all like, "Cool, I'm feeling it," and you guys do better. And even if you lose, you don't feel as bad. So just be nice to each other. Emote, emote, emote. Just sometimes you just gotta break dance on a hamster ball and make everybody happy. (laughs) Alrighty, thanks so much for watching and listening, everybody, because the world needs more heroes like you. Bye. 